Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Madow's book takes place three quarters of a century ago. There's a reason it's called prequel. After all, it was written in the wake of the attack on the United States Capitol. Do you think we are now seeing a resurgence of fascism in our country? I think we are seeing another iteration of the ultra-right. And it has a lot of the elements that are the most worrying things that you look for when you're looking at a democracy that's in trouble of yielding to authoritarianism. We see violence intruding into the political process. We see the scapegoating of minorities and cons dangerous conspiracy theories about A rise in anti-Semitism? Rising anti-Semitism is an absolute red flag. Anti-Semitism almost always goes with, with the rise in fascist ideation. And it's just something that we can't ignore. There's a history here that we ought to learn from. Americans before us, just as smart, just as resourceful, just as funny, just as clear-minded as any of us could ever hope to be, fought those fights before us. We can learn from what they did. So I do think people are still struggling with how to how to cover him. I mean, I think there have been some recent really big mistakes. The interview uh, on CNN, terrible mistake. Uh, I think the more recent one with Meet the Press, I think that's a mistake. I mean, it's just uh, doing an interview with him like that is just giving him a platform. He controls the conversation. And, you know, more and more what we ought to be doing is saying, well, what would its tr second Trump administration actually look like? Who would he appoint? Uh, you know. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 10th of October, year of our Lord, 2023. And with the Israeli conflict, I I had to come back on the mic um, and at least do a one subject. It's, uh, it's just heinous. But we started with uh, Rachel Maddow, which I think is very, very funny. Uh, fascists are coming to America, followed by a WAPO editor saying that it's a mistake to interview an opposing party, a presidential candidate. It's a mistake. It's all a mistake. So who's the fascist? I'm still kind of confused. There was another incident that just happened that was just huge. It was like, oh, my God. And it was all over the place about Sonny Hostin saying she was terrorized by Jim Jordan. So I'm going to play back-to-back Jim Jordan, in the actual hearing she was part of with Sonny Hosting blaming the Israelis for what just happened because, once again, who's the fascist? Well, you have no right uh, to the heck I don't. That, but I will 
The heck I don't. No, you My don't. time, and it was, well, was 3.35, uh, uh, and no. I have every right to ask. The witness actually in his opening statement brought up Ukraine. I didn't. The witness said on national television the very statement I said that he said on TV, and he said he agreed that that was an accurate representation of what he said. He brought up Ukraine in his opening statement. And I'm you gonna, know I have full discretion to ask the kind of questions I'm, I'm I want. Gonna, and I need, I need three minutes and 35 seconds I'm, on the clock. I'm going to restore your time. Appreciate and I'm going, it. I'm going to ask you that in the future uh, you respect this the is, integrity. Uh, hold on. I want you to respect the integrity of my subcommittee hearings and not bring in this extraneous uh, issue Would you yield for a that question? has no... Chairman, you for a question? That is, that is not germane to this This is the Judiciary procedure. Committee. We have a witness testifying in front of the Judiciary Committee who today on national television said the Justice Department is corrupt. If that's not relevant, tell me what is for this committee. No, this hearing is about secrecy. In, uh, that doesn't change the fact that the witness brought up Ukraine in his opening statement this morning on, this morning on national television said the Justice Mr. Department Joy, is corrupt. Mr. Jordan, if we're going to uh, have a discourse, I'm going to need for you to listen to me just as I'm listening to you. I object to you bringing this subject into this hearing because it's not germane, but I'm going to allow you to continue. Thank you, Mr. But I'm going to ask that in the future uh, you limit yourself to this hearing uh, intruding with extraneous materials such as this. And with that, I, I will, will do yield my best, you, Mr. Chairman. I will thank you, and I'll yield you uh, three minutes and 30 seconds to uh, uh, continue your questioning. Our witness who said this morning the Justice Department is, is corrupt on national television, basing that, at least in part, earlier said, basing it on the whistleblower uh, blower complaint. We need to remember a few things about this whistleblower. He had no firsthand knowledge of the phone call, he wasn't on the call. But we do know one thing about this whistleblower, Mr. Tooman. He had a political bias. We learned that from the Inspector General. Inspector General told us there was indicia of arguable political bias. You know what that is? That's Washington speak for this guy hated Trump. And yet that is the basis for our witness telling us that the Justice Department is, is corrupt. Let me give Wait, you a can I, Would you questions. like an answer? I will in a second. Let me give you a few facts just to give a little context to this. Facts that happened, to the, that happened in the Justice Department prior to Bill Barr taking over the Justice Department. Facts that, things that happened in the Obama Justice Department. You familiar with this, Mr. Tubin? That the Obama Justice Department's FBI spied on two Americans associated with the presidential campaign. You familiar with that? You familiar with the fact that the Obama Justice Department's FBI opened a counterintelligence investigation on the Republican Party's presidential candidate and didn't tell the candidate they had an investigation, a counterintelligence investigation open on him? Didn't tell him what was going on? You familiar with the fact that the Obama Justice Department's FBI allowed Peter Strzok and Andy McCabe to run that investigation? Peter Strzok, the guy who said, don't worry, Lisa, we'll stop Trump. Trump should lose 100 million to zero. Andy McCabe. Now, this, this is not Jim Jordan talking. This is now the Inspector General. The Inspector General said Andy McCabe lied three times under oath. The Inspector General, Michael Horowitz, said that Peter Strzok should have never been allowed to head up that investigation, not because he had this bias against Clinton or bias against Trump in favor of Clinton, I should say, but because he ran the Clinton investigation. He should have been prohibited from running that. But the Obama Justice Department allowed it to happen. The Obama Justice Department allowed the Clinton campaign paid for document the dossier to be used. 
James, this was a highly coordinated and wide-scale attack by Hamas. What do we know about the timing of this, and what was the impetus for this to happen now? Well, I've been to this country many times, just this year, four times alone, often to report on terrorist attacks by Palestinians in the occupied East Jerusalem or in the West Bank. Uh, and there's been a lot of tension. I have to say most of that tension has been focused on the West Bank, uh, restive camps where the Palestinian Authority has basically lost control to terror groups. Uh, and also been here because of the political turmoil, the most right-wing government in this country's history, and a sense perhaps for many Palestinians that any kind of political way out of this is uh, behind them because some of the right-wing elements of the government here have been very incendiary in their rhetoric about Palestinians. I think we also can't overlook uh, the fact that Iran is watching what's happening in this region and the possible normalization of relations between Israel and Saudi Arabia. Iran and Saudi Arabia, massive regional adversaries. It is within Iran's, uh, it is what Iran wants to see any kind of normalization ended. So there are all kinds of reasons why now, but honestly, uh, no one knows just how Hamas managed to plan this for so long and carry it out on such a widespread scale. Uh, but the recriminations and, and, the, and the questions, they will come. But for the moment, these pal Palestinians in the Gaza Strip... Yeah, she's a, um, she's a fascist. Let's just be honest. They are the fascists. So with the world on fire yesterday, um, it was noon. Before noon, they called the lid, they closed the day, and uh, I think the best picture, somebody posted this online, and you know, I didn't want to be a total dick and capture it, but here it is. Um, yeah, that's your uh, President of the United States. Uh, that's what he was doing probably yesterday. That's what our economy's doing. And I bring it up before we get into the war stuff because we're still paying out stuff to Ukraine. We're putting stuff out there. Uh, we got the Israeli war. I mean, this is getting crazy. 55% of independents oppose sending more military aid to Ukraine. How does the GOP intend to attract voters next year? 77% of independents support passing a bill to secure the U.S. border. 64% want no more aid. 81 on a secure border. So we're talking independence. That's that's why they did the wall. That's why Biden changed path because reality hits. And it hit for Chuck Schumer. I can't think of any more ill-timed and cold-hearted than today's demonstration in Times Square. We've been unprecedented visionists coming from Hamas aimed at innocent families and children. Everyone, no matter your view, should condemn this brutal act. I just ironically retreated you. That's how bad things are. Yes, your constituents are trash. This is your Frankenstein monster. Lucas suddenly awaked from his slumber. Shame on Schumer conflating Palestinian with the Hamas. There's nothing different between the two. Nothing. Those are the people. I tweeted to this and it got liked a bunch. Instead of infiltrating grandmas who are praying on the sidewalks of abortion mills, why isn't the FBI here? Why aren't we looking at these motherfuckers? Because I'm about to play some shit and I'm going to tell you right now. They don't seem to fucking like America. 
It's pretty fucking honest. Pretty fucking obvious. I mean, I got some Montreal up front, but then these are just vids from the pro Hamas rallies. And I don't know if I grabbed AP's uh, AP's thing. Sorry, the dogs are howling. Israeli and Palestinian supporters rally across the U.S. as Israeli declares war after Hamas attack. But there was no condemnation of these people. You know, most, and we're going to get into ugly at the end of this. I mean, just tweets are just insane. This is what most of the media you're going to hear today, but this is the con from London. Tragically, we know that violence in the Middle East can lead to rise in hate crimes in London. I'm in touch with senior officers at the Met and communities across our city. Let me be clear, hate crime in London will not be tolerated now or ever. Unless you're, you know, going after Jews. Tommy Vitor, before I play this, I... This is just setting the table. Collective punishment of an entire group is prohibited under international law. This proposed siege would be a war crime that would harm innocent people, especially small children, who also are forced to live under Hamas' brutal rule because now, you know, it was, well, we killed a bunch of people and we were garbage, but um, you need to stop. That was the theme. Evident at the rallies. was part of the explosion of chaos that erupted in Midtown and Times Square. Pro-Palestinian and pro-Israeli brawlers squaring off and hauling off in a fury of fisticuffs. Police tried to disperse the crowds, but protesters were throwing punches and projectiles. One protester tore away a flag that triggered another tussle, with police eventually flying in to make arrests. Blocks away in the Diamond District, more mayhem as a man on the ground was kicked and beaten before the mob scrambled to avoid the cops. And there were plenty of verbal blows as some just decided to scream it out.
some sort of rave or desert party where they were having a great time until the resistance came in electrified hang gliders and took at least several dozen hipsters. But I'm sure they're doing very fine despite what the New York Post says. But nobody had seen this coming. Every Israeli official said it was a complete surprise. And I think we have to sit with that because as of just a couple days ago, they said that surprise wasn't possible. They said we control every inch of Palestine. No, they They said we have walls, we have cameras, yes, we have traitors too, and there's nothing they can do that we won't see of what we do. They were so arrogant. But just less than 24 hours ago on the land, from the sea and from the air, the people of the Gaza Strip are Our people from Gaza, our young people are riding their bikes. play this soundbite before we start getting into, you know, the media. And I got the worst up front, but the ADL is so in camp with the left. They had to go on TV to fight because somehow they didn't realize that the people that they coddle and go with the left and Jews in general vote left, they really don't give a fuck about Jews. Jonathan, um, tell us, if you will, just what these last few days have, have been like for you and why it's so important that you are appearing here today with the Reverend Sharpton. Well, so I will be honest and maybe a little more vulnerable than I normally would be. These have been some of the hardest days of my adult life. I don't ever remember a moment like this. Um, I have family in Israel right now under siege and being deployed to the front lines. I have staff who can't locate their family. I have friends who are gone. Um, And I think Ambassador Danone put it well in a context that Americans can understand 9-11, the evil that was perpetrated here, But the scale, Jonathan, the right comparison is Nagasaki. This was like an atomic bomb. And as 40,000 people were killed in Japan when they dropped that bomb in Nagasaki, so too were the hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of people who were killed in Israel. And so while I am sad and cope, trying to cope, I'll be honest, I am angry. I am angry with the world that allowed the dehumanization of Israelis and sanitized the terrorism of Hamas. I must say, I love this show and I love this network, but I've got to ask who is writing the scripts? Hamas, the people who did this, they are not fighters, Jonathan. They are not militants. And I'm looking right at the camera 
They are terrorists. It is a barbarian who rapes and brutalizes women, who tear, kills children in front of their parents, and then brings them over to Gaza, who literally, we've heard all these reports, and we know these aren't just reports. These were filmed gleefully by the barbarians who committed these grotesque crimes. They filmed, for example, an elderly woman in her home in one of these towns. They burned her alive in her house because she was too infirm to take out. I shouldn't have to. See, they're, they're editing stuff. This was a video that was on. They're beating the fuck. They beat a guy to death. It was on there. The media is not showing this. This is what we, you know, we did this in Afghanistan. And when I went into the mountain range, um, we did leaflets that said, hey, we're coming. Here, they literally told them, these are your evacuation routes. We're not going there. If you don't want to be part of this fight, then get the fuck out. All right? Get out. Simultaneously, um, let me see if I can get this to work. It wouldn't work last time. It really fucking pissed me off. Hamas. I've been trying to get audio today and my usual thing. Let me see if I can get this to work. Mm. Yeah, I got it. Let me see if I can do this. This is what Hamas was doing. Are you saying that civilians have not died? We didn't kill any civilians. Uh, it depends what on about the 260 bodies? What about the 260 bodies at the music festival? Do you realize how absurd that, that sounds? Now, within, within, within the operation, uh, I cannot uh, confirm uh, this Israeli propaganda because we have also news and videos showing that Israel and what Israel is today doing inside Gaza, based on the so-called uh, Hannibal doctrine to kill thousands of Palestinians, including the hostages. And this is a, a, a adopted Hang on. doctrine by the Israeli uh, Hang army. Hang uh, on. Is, Israel is just, just sorry to interrupt you, but Israel says more than 700 civilians have been killed. They have been appearing at hospitals, in morgues. The Israeli military have released pictures of some of the 260 bodies at a music festival. Are you really expecting us to believe that you have not killed civilians? No, we don't have killed any civilians. Uh, but I have to say, I have to tell you as a well-respected journalist, uh, we have also to redefine what does it mean uh, a civilian. I cannot consider a settler in the West, occupied West Bank, who is stolen my hand, carrying guns, burning the city of Hawara is a civilian. We cannot continue anyone who is sitting around the borders, uh, working on cyber and artificial intelligence to, to control and besiege 2.3 million on the biggest open prison as a civilian. Yeah, so they're online just being cocks. Um, 
And, and they asked for a ceasefire instantly yesterday because, of course, they did, you know. Why wouldn't they? It's time to, you know, get on out, you know. What the fuck? We didn't do nothing. We're just, we're just, you know, we're just peaceful fucking people. This was Biden all day yesterday. That's a lie because the jobs got adjusted, but it was all other things. So we get to the worst of the worst, and I'm just going to rattle some of these off. Um, two uh, CNN sound bites up first. Um, the first is the destruction of a mosque. Now, anybody who's got an IQ above a potato, a potato, knows that, you know, uh, Come on, guys. Let's be smarter than the average bear. They're in spaces that you're going to have collateral. They do it on purpose. It's the game they play. So the mosque. And then we have this asshat, uh, Palestinian National Initiative, Mustafa Baroque. Hamas mainly attacked military establishments, military installations, and most of the people they have arrested and taken as war prisoners are military people. I do not accept... They're attacking any civilians. There were rape t- tents. We're, we're going to see that in a second. Next for us, new video is showing just how destru- destructive already this conflict has become. That right there is a mosque along the Gaza Strip, gone. Dest- um, the, what Hamas is doing is they're targeting Israeli civilians, women, Children, grandmothers. No, they are not. Uh, is that is that is that not a classic terror? Isn't that classic terrorism? They're not fighting the Israeli government. They're fighting ordinary people. That's one way of putting it, but it's not true. I think Hamas mainly attacked military establishments, military installations, and most of the people they they have arrested and uh, taken as uh, pres- war uh, war prisoners are military people. I do not accept attacking any civilian. That family right there is dead. They didn't do anything wrong. They were just Jewish. Just Jewish. Here are two MSDNC sound bites. The first one is we just need to roll back and give up all the land Israel's ever gotten and go back to a teeny plot of land and just give it all to Palestinians. And I played this on the last show, but the, that innocent Jews deserve to be slaughtered by Palestinian territory. So it must be a wrecking, reckoning. This is what it should be. People are asking MSNBC, is this what NBC News is? If by reckoning you mean he'll get this own show, probably. She was wearing provocative clothes. This soundbite, Both of these are just hard to listen to when you we're going to get deeper into the deaths of stuff in a second. It's just it's really hard to listen to. That uh, everyone is talking to everyone. Yes, diplomacy has a huge role. And I was heartened to see that not only is President Biden calling uh, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, but there are conversations going on with all the Gulf neighbors. There was a good idea, I think, uh, which was a peace agreement among the the Sunni Arabs, an expanded peace agreement 
and Israel with the provision, with the provision that there would be steps forward for a Palestinian state. They have to be factored in, too. So I, this is the wrong time to bring that up again, but it is the right time to be thinking very carefully about all this. Yeah, if you're thinking that far ahead, and I think that's smart, I, I, getting to a Palestinian state, it, it becomes more difficult uh, because of all the Israeli settlements in the West Bank, the, the supported by the government yeah. settlements in the West Bank, even though the international community condemns them. H how do you do that? Does this make Israel well, rethink that, or do they just double down? Well, I was hoping Israel was rethinking that. Um, the, the coalition... They've done that, and, and my point is... What you're going to see, certainly within Israel's um, security apparatus, is a debate. Whether that is public or transparent is not going to be <laughs> as clear-cut. But Israeli military officials that I've spoken to over the years have debated whether or not the siege, the, the blockade, was achieving Israel's strategic objective of trying to bring calm and quiet to the southern borders. And what we see today, um, if it has achieved nothing for Hamas, it has just shattered the myth that Israel can ignore what happens inside the Gaza Strip, and that doing what it has been doing in the Gaza Strip is the only way to achieve its objective, right? Because there is this kind of domestic political consideration within Israel, which is you have to be tough. No Israeli prime minister succeeds by coming in and saying, hey, I want to achieve peace, but I don't want to achieve it through might. Right. And when they have tried to do that, whether it's Itzhak Rabin, who was assassinated, or whether it's Ehud Barak, who was voted out of office, the dynamic is strength is the only thing that matters. Uh -huh. But what we have seen, and this is according to the Israeli prime minister himself, Benjamin Netanyahu, who has tried to recalibrate um, the equation of what peace looks like in the region, right? So for years it was like um, there is no peace with Arabs without peace with the Palestinians. And he has prided himself on saying, I'm going to change that equation. Right. I'm going to say, I'm going out to the Arab world, I'm going to make peace with mm -hmm. the Arab world, and then I'm going to come back and make peace with the Palestinians. Th those are his words. So when you look at the, the most powerful and perhaps like most important peace agreements that Israel has had, the United Arab Emirates, Morocco, Egypt, Jordan, these are countries that at some point were never directly involved in confrontation with Israel, but Israel felt that if I achieve peace with this, I will weaken the Palestinians, I can make the Palestinians then more malleable to the terms of the agreement. Because, because all their friends in the region are right, not in exactly. this and, and what the Palestinians have said um, repeatedly was that they can have peace with these countries, but it's not going to fundamentally change the dynamic on the ground. And the Palestinian Authority has said that, but it's weak, so it's unable to actually change the dynamic or right. try to impose that calculation on Israel. Hamas, on the other hand, has a different approach, a militant one, a violent one. Not all Palestinians accept it. And it's also very, uh, to, to know this point earlier, Palestinians are not monolithic. Mm -hmm. it, it would be very naive to just simply say every Palestinian agrees with what Hamas is doing. But Hamas is saying, well, if nobody is able to defend what is happening for Palestinians in the West Bank or in East Jerusalem with the home demolitions, the arrests, the children being killed, the desecration of holy sites, if they're unable to do that, then and we only have right. the ability to do it with military might and crude weapons and military. And that, that's why I go back to that point that the Israeli prime minister was making, which is I'm going out to reach peace with the Arab world and I'm going to come back and make peace with the Palestinians. And here's ultimately the end result of that, which is you have ignored the Palestinians. And I'm not saying he's ignored it in the sense of saying, oh, we're not dealing with the Palestinians or we're not prepared to deal with the Palestinians. It's simply saying I'm going to put the priority of our resources on peace with Saudi Arabia. I'm going to put the priority of our resources on peace with 
um, the United Arab Emirates, Emirates and others. And I'm going to get the Americans to buy into that. I'm going to get the yeah. Europeans to buy into that. And when others were saying, listen, that's that's important. That's good. That's going to matter. But it's not going to change what is happening on the ground every day for Israelis. Because Israelis were being killed this year. I mean, Palestinians were being killed and Israelis were being killed. Right. So the, the Abraham Accords did not bring Israel the peace Correct. that Israelis wanted to bring. It brought them some business. It brought them some business. business it brought deals them with... Again, important stuff. Yep. But if you're trying to solve a problem that has yep. now persisted for the better part of a century, and you're trying to do it the same way over and over and over again, it is by definition insanity. And what we're seeing today are very deadly consequences of failed policies, failure on the American administration's part to change yep. course, to take a different course of action with how it deals with the Palestinians and the Israelis, failure on Israel's part, failure on the region's part, to not be able to say this is an issue that matters. Because what is it that we've heard over the years? Everybody would come and say... The Arabs don't care about the Palestinians anymore, right? right. They say, like, look, yeah. the, the Saudis don't care about the Palestinians. The Emiratis don't care about the Palestinians. The Egyptians don't care about the Palestinians. They're left on their own. They're now weak, and now they're going to be able to be subject to what we want a final peace agreement to look like. And I've seen the point that others have made today, which is if you had thought that the two-state solution was alive before today, you would be a fool to think that after today right. um, <laughs> a two-state solution is possible, right? I mean, you, you had right-wing Israeli government ministers who've been calling for annexation for months. Well, you spoke to the former prime minister, uh, uh, ben, Bennett, Bennett right. who very clearly, he's got a map. Yeah. And, and it looks and, like, it, and, and the West Bank looks like Swiss cheese on his map. And he's fine with that, that we'll just control this. They won't have the vote. Uh, it is what it is. That's what Israel needs for peace. Economic liberation, not political liberation, right? That's the kind of unofficial policy here. It's like, we'll keep the Palestinians in the West Bank and the East Jerusalem economically viable, but they are not going to have any political rights over their uh, livelihood or self-determination. And Gaza, we're going to try to manage it as a low-level conflict. Whenever it flares, we will carry out a strike. Same thing with like what we saw with Hezbollah. Act as a deterrent on the Lebanon border. If Hezbollah carries out an attack, we will respond in kind, and we will right. manage this conflict. Yep. Right. And this is what they this is what people have been wanting for decades. And people yep. have been trying like activists and journalists and others who follow this saying this is not sustainable. It's yep. just not yep. sustainable. You know, and, and you're, today you're, what gonna... we saw was it's not sustainable. Exactly. Uh, how, long, it... how is he employed? If this was a Fox personality, they're no longer they no longer, you know, speak English would be employed. just wouldn't. Two hundred and sixty bodies. Two hundred and sixty bodies. I was there when the terror began. We hid in a grove of banana plants and made a t-shirt tourniquet for a friend who was shot by terrorists. This, I'm not reading it, is horrible. It's just so fucking horrible. At the end, eventually the off-duty police officer friend showed up in a car. We piled in. We drove to safety. We're driving to Otef Aza, or the Gaza Envelope, the area inside Israel that is within the range of Gaza rockets. Eventually we arrived at an army post, and soldiers there told we were safe and could go home. My friend, who was shot, was taken to the hospital. Never friend dad came picks up. We drove as fast as we could. We headed back north. All around me, I saw fires and the bombings. I heard that two minutes after we left the festival, there was a traffic jam because everyone was trying to get out. I heard the terrorists showed up and started killing people in their cars. I heard of people who were sprinted away from their cars while terrorists shot at them. 
My friends were there. We still haven't found. I don't know where they're at. Look at the face. They para-dropped in and started killing people. The picture I showed the other day. Um, that was there. Those are the bodies that they found. Others were captured and bound and kidnapped. I saw videos with males getting held by a group of Arab kids like they were 16 or 17. One survivor called, they're kids, but they're young men already, and they're holding this guy, and he looks at his girlfriend as being mounted on a bike and driven away, and that's the picture we just showed. God knows what she's going to experience. Women have been raped at the area of the rave next to friends' bodies. Dead bodies. Several of the rape victims appear to have been later executed. Others were taken to Gaza and photographs released online. You can see several paraded through the city streets with blood rushing from their groin. One survivor returned to the scene later in the day to look for his friends, spoke in a breaking voice of what he'd seen of the bodies, mainly of young women lying cold and mutilated, of scantily clad corpses, many of whom appeared to have been shot at point blank of cars, Full of bullets are blown up with grenades. Some ran to a nearby wadi seeking shelters. Wadi is like a ditch in the desert. You can get in there and nobody can see you for miles. Sorry, my wife's on post. I need to make sure she's good. I dove in a bush. I felt like I was shooting was coming from 100 degrees all around us. I understood we were going to be there for at least a couple hours, and I had nothing with me. Later, when the gruesome attackers finally owed, the IDF soldiers managed to subdue the attackers. They searched these trucks, found RPG launchers, high-end communication devices, AK-47s, and other mostly Soviet-made weapons, along with numerous copies of the Quran. Because in the Quran, it says, rape women. Nine hundred. Now it's eleven hundred dead. Forty are Arabs. Nusur Yassin. Personal thoughts. For the longest time, I struggled with the identity of Palestinian kid born in Israel. Many of my friends refuse to this day to say the word Israel and call themselves Palestinian only. But since I was 12, that did not make sense to me. So I decided to mix the two become a Palestinian-Israeli. I thought this term reflect, reflected who I was. But after recent events, I started to think and think and think, and then my thoughts turned to anger. I realized that if Israel were to be invaded like that again, we would not be safe to a terrorist invading Israel. All citizens are targets. 900 Israelis died so far. More than 40 of them are Arabs, killed by other Arabs, and even two Thai people died too. I'm reading this because it was liked by um, Katie Pavlich. And I, I saw people saying that's misinformation. But she was quoting a Palestinian. 
And I do know what to live under Palestinian government, which means I only have one home and I'm not even Jewish. Israel, that's where all my families live. That's where I grew up. That's the community I want to see continue to exist as I, so I can exist. Palestine should exist too as an independent state. And I hope to see the country thrive and become less extreme and more prosperous. I love Palestine and I have invested in Palestine, but it's not my home. So from today forward, I view myself as an Israeli Palestinian. This man right here is now gone because they got generals and he was in charge of the Ghost Brigade. He's dead. And I ask you, as the media pushes things, there are thousands, and this is, you know, be warned, it's it's violent. If you don't want to see it, fast forward. That's just a woman who was getting in her car with her kids. The caption reads, this is a woman with kids. They were all dead. This came from Laura Logan. Don't let the media whitewash the reality of what this taking place in Israel now. This was targeted at unarmed women and children, not as a consequence of war, but as the goal. That was the goal. Iran supports the military operation Al-Qa's flood in Israel, said General Rahim Salvaira. I'm going to go in depth in this in a second, but as we go through the next sound bites, this this is this this is who they are. This is this is who they are. This is what these people are. We have a soundbite where to me it sounds like they're Hamas mouthpiece cheering the rallies like it's a really good thing. Like this is a good thing that happened. It needs to happen. And then Andrea Mitchell brings on a Palestinian person who never addresses what's going on. She just justifies it. And Andrea Mitchell thanks her for justifying the slaughter. of Israel and in support of the larger Palestinian cause. It comes as security was ramped up at synagogues and mosques nationwide. Kathy Park reports from New York. Tonight, the crossroads of the world becoming a deep dividing point with Palestinian supporters on one side of the street. 
What brought you out here today? Uh, to stand against, uh, against the oppression that's been uh, occurring in Palestine for the, over the past five decades. Palestinian people have had enough. While yards away, a tense face-off with dozens standing up for Israel. As you can see, emotions are running high. This rally is now on the move. We're told they are headed straight to the Israeli consulate. And similar scenes playing out across the country. Right to resist! Right to resist! Right to resist! The growing movement on both. I, I just want to point out that the United States at least considers Hamas uh, as a terror organization, and that does not speak to the innocent Palestinians in Gaza who are victims uh, of Hamas and of the bombings and of the retaliation as, every, as anyone else is. But I'm just saying that Hamas is considered a terror organization by Israel and by the United States and by countries all around the world. I'm not talking about the Palestinian Authority and the West Bank. Um, your sense, though, of the reality. Let me just ask you, though, because you you have, you know, grievances against Israel, and there have been there has been violence on both sides over the years. But does that justify taking people out of their homes uh, of all ages? We're not talking about military people. We're talking about civilians, children, and elderly people, uh, men and women, and taking them into Gaza and threatening to execute them. Again, uh, Andrea, I'm not the one who's doing this, so it shouldn't be me who's asked to comment on it. This isn't, you know, I live in a totally different place. What I do want people to understand is what life in the Gaza Strip is like. The Gaza Strip now, more than 50% of the population is under the age of 18. So we're talking about children here. There are 2 million Palestinians living in the Gaza Strip who've been living under this brutal siege. I think that if we really want to move forward, it's not just a question of asking asking me uh, whether whether there are condemnations or not, but, ask, but asking ourselves, what is it that can be done? And simply ignoring it, pretending that there is no occupation doesn't get us anywhere closer to actually making sure that people are able to live freely and in dignity and in peace uh, and in security. The sad reality is that for all of these years, everybody has focused only on Israel's security, leaving aside anything when it comes to Palestinians. And Palestinians have lived in such insecurity over the course of the past 56 years. I really think that the time is now for us to start re-questioning this idea that somehow Israel can pummel Gaza, that it can flatten Gaza, that it can dehumanize Palestinians in Gaza. As we've heard, we just heard them call Palestinians Palestinians animals and instead really ask itself why this is happening. It's not happening in a political vacuum. It's happening because Palestinians have lived under this de dehumanizing military occupation now for 56 years and it's time to end it, Andrea. No, I, I, I don't want to, um, I'm not quarreling with the way Palestinians have been living. I've been there myself. I'm just saying that this Hamas leadership does not represent the aspirations of the, the innocent Palestinians, nor those people who are taking work visas and the 2,000 or so who are finally being permitted out to take jobs and bring money back to those impoverished people in that very dense city. Thank you, Diana. Now, by this time in the day, do we see that kind of filth on the TV? Iran helped. Wall Street Journal broke it. We're still trying to be friends. Game six billion. The six billion still being argued. Um, 
Uh, let me try to get catch up to where I am. I'm, I'm trying to do this simultaneously, and I got shit strewn all over the fucking place. Um, that was Dana Bash, Bows to Blinken. We had Jim Pisaki in the Six Billion Defense. Uh, that was Veshi and company. There's got to be context because Israel's bad and shit, you know. Tablet. To show that Mali had helped to infiltrate the Iranian agent and influence name Iranian Tabalidi into some of the most sensitive positions of the U.S. government, first the State Department, and now the Pentagon, where she has been serving as chief staff for Assistant Secretary of Defense for Special Operations. And this is under high-level Iranian spry ring busted in Washington. CNN. Biden Iran envoy placed on leave after security clearance suspended amid an investigation of possible sending classified material. Because we're trying to be friends with them. So they broke in. We got Iranian people. We have Iranian, Iranian fucking helping do this. Slate, or excuse me, semi four inside Iran's influence operation. And it just shows that they're at the highest level of our government. Taliban meets with Hamas during high-level talks in Turkey. They know all this. BBC breaks. We know all of this. Taliban that we gave back the country. They asked for passage to join in killing the Jews. So they know all this. But of course, you know, didn't didn't matter. It it just doesn't matter because these people don't give a flying fuck. They just, they don't care. None of them care. as evident and just excusing it. So we got the Jempasaki, the Dana Bash, and justifying. Because we've had a lot of statements from Americans, mostly Republicans this morning, but some Democrats who, um, it, it's a bit boilerplate. It's a, Israel is our greatest ally, the only democracy in the Middle East, our strongest ally, we must stand with Israel. Um, there's no nuance or recognition of anything mm-hmm. that has been going on, let alone, the only thing Americans are worried about these days are these so-called judicial reforms going on in Israel, which have led to hundreds of thousands of people protesting on the streets. But lots of, lots of Palestinians have said to me, boy, they wish that those same Israel Israelis who were out there protesting the so-called judicial reforms would be protesting Israel's inhumane treatment of the uh, Palestinians who live under Israeli occupation. But that's just not something that's happening. It's not something we're hearing from American politicians this morning. It's not here, something we're hearing from, I, I think the only comment I've heard is from the government of Qatar this morning about this. Yeah, and unfortunately, you're right. People, you know, American politicians and other politicians think they can just ignore the context in which all of this is happening. The fact that Israel is an occupying power, the fact that Israel has violated international law and Palestinian rights, as per, you know, the experts, the leading UN agencies and leading human rights uh, organizations around the world, like Human Rights Watch and Amnesty International, their word is reliable and accurate 
acted on in other areas, but not here because Israel is the U.S.'s ally because Israel, uh, you know, we, we spend taxpayer money on buying Israel defense uh, systems and trying those defense systems on Palestinians. And you don't want to bother that. You don't want to change that balance. And in addition to that, the Biden administration uh, released $6 billion in sanctioned Iranian funds. The problem is, Jen, when you do that, uh, money is fungible. And so Iran is able to shift other resources uh, that it otherwise would not have been able to well, do uh, to help I'm gonna, I'm fund gonna, terrorism. I'm, they are the I'm greatest, with all I'm due respect, stop you. Jen, I'm going to stop you right respect, there, Congressman, the because what you just stated, what you just stated is inaccurate. The funding, Congressman, the funding does not go to Iranian hands. It goes to approved third-party vendors who provide humanitarian support. I did want to ask you, though. Uh, it does seem like this very coordinated attack came out of nowhere. Uh, I want our viewers to listen to what the U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said just nine days ago. The Middle East region is quieter today than it has been in two decades. Now, challenges remain. Iran's nuclear weapons program, the tensions between Israelis and Palestinians. But the amount of time that I have to spend on crisis and conflict in the Middle East today compared to any of my predecessors going back to 9-11 is significantly reduced. That obviously has changed dramatically, not just for Jake Sullivan, but for all of you. And this isn't specifically about anything that Jake missed, but more broadly about the intelligence failure, not just by the Israelis, but the US. What can you say about that? Well, for two things, Donna. First, what Jake Sullivan said was right. If you look at uh, the relationship among countries in the Middle East, um, you saw, uh, with a lot of work by the United States, countries coming together, the region integrating, um, hostilities diminishing, and we've been very engaged in pursuing, for example, normalization between Israel and its neighbors, uh, building on what's already been done, mm -hmm. uh, including with uh, Saudi Arabia and other conflicts, like uh, the conflict in Yemen, where we've had a truce now for uh, almost two years, uh, have made a huge difference. What happened uh, over the last 24 hours it doesn't go to state-to-state -state conflict, where Jake is exactly right, uh, it's, it's diminished. Uh, this goes to a terrorist attack by a terrorist organization. In terms of the um, intelligence, uh, there'll be plenty of time in uh, uh, days to come to look and see what anyone uh, missed, what, might have, what we could have done better. Right now, the focus is on, on helping Israel, making sure that it has what it needs to deal with this attack. Understand. While we're talking about Iran, I just have to uh, ask you to, if you want to respond to what we're hearing from Republicans who are over and over uh, since this happened, using the word appeasement when it comes to Iran and your administration. They criticized the decision to unfreeze $6 billion in Iranian funds. I know and want to state that that money, according to your administration, has not yet been unfrozen. Iran does not yet have it. Um, but the accusation is that Iran's posture, excuse me, the, that the U.S., your administration's posture towards Iran has helped contribute to this. I want to get you, give you a chance to respond. Well, there are two things here. First, with regard to the, uh, the funds that you mentioned um, that um, uh, were released to, were made available to Iran for humanitarian purposes uh, as part of uh, getting Americans back who are being held and detained. Now, understand as all this is going on and we're going into all these 
Israel needs to stop. Israel is bad. Blah. Stuff is breaking. All right. We'll have an MSNBC at the end about deaths, but you're going to see the aftermath and what the festival looks like. Them going into civilian houses, shooting the fucking dog, and burning it to the ground. These are the subtle, not bad, not violent, other than the dog. There are thousands all over the place. And the media was still on the Palestinian side. about the Americans who've been killed. Yeah, Alicia, in just the last hour, we heard from, as you mentioned, the National Security Council, a spokesperson telling us uh, that uh, several Americans, several U.S. citizens were among those killed in these attacks that began in the wee hours of the morning yesterday. Uh, They say in part in a statement, quote, "Uh, we extend our deepest condolences to the victims and to the families of all those affected and wish those injured a speedy recovery. We continue to monitor the situation closely and remain in touch with our Israeli partners, particularly the local authorities. They add the State Department is ready to provide consular assistance to U.S. citizens in Israel. And This is out there. We gave money to a university that praised them because everybody over there praises them. They're all part of it. All day yesterday, the big thing was, oh my God, they declared war. Yeah, no shit. No shit they declared war. What the fuck would we do if Canada did this to us? We'd be carpet bombing with B-52s all night last night. Death and carnage. That's what you'd be seeing right now. We'd be fucking around no more. There'd be no fuck. Zero fucks would be given. This reported. So our other war that isn't going well. Yeah, that's, that's going well. So Blinkland, 48 hours that we still have number of Americans missing. Somebody says U.S. won't be able to stay aside much longer. Unfortunately, this is escalating rapidly. My prayers for Israel soldiers out there. That means American entry is very much possible. It's so painful. The U.S. has to respond swiftly and severely or place all American abroad in danger due to weak leadership. We can't do it. We're giving them money. We're going to give them guns. I mean, this is what they said one week ago. And what we said is we want to depressurize, 
de-escalate and ultimately integrate the Middle East region. The war in Yemen is in its 19 month of truce. For now, the Iranian attacks against U.S. forces have stopped. Our presence in Iraq is stable. I emphasize for now because all of that can change. And the Middle East region is quieter today than it has been in two decades. Do you know what it'd be like in the Trump organization? This would be resonating. Blinken yesterday. I spoke with Palestinian Authority President Abbas, discussed the terrorist attack against Israel. I urge that all leaders in the region must condemn these appalling acts of terrorism. Abbas stresses Palestinian right to self-defense amongst calls to say what they did was wrong. They're acting like they're different entities. They're not. They're the same. Stacy Lennox. The Biden administration focus on domestic terrorism, a.k.a. ideological disagreements, is going to end as badly as it did during the Clinton administration focus on Ruby Ridge, Waco, and other anti-government dissenters in the U.S. took their eyes off of. The issue of foreign threats and al-Qaeda flourished. We all know how that ended. The Biden admin created a terrorist playground when they fled Afghanistan, and yes, they did not withdraw. They fled. Then they gave the largest state sponsor of terrorism, $6 billion, refunded the terrorists in Gaza and threw open the southern border. Every single one of them will tell you mega Republicans are the biggest threat to the homeland. Meanwhile, there's very likelihood that millions of military-aged men who have crossed our border, dozens and dozens of sleeper cells. Yet, all domestic resources are focused on bullshit like the Whitmer fed, fed napping and grandmas are praying in the Capitol after officers open the door. If you think the nation... The mullahs call the little Satanist going to take a hit, and the one they call big Satanist safe. You're on crack. And it's exactly what I was saying all day yesterday. To the six billion. Gabriel Northus to the Jim Pisaki. I'm sorry, Jim, but you're simply unfamiliar with Iranian budget practice. Iran normally has to allocate its limited foreign exchange reserve for food, medicine, months in advance to facilitate trade flow. Not anymore. Iran can now devote $6 billion of the unrestricted funds toward financial operations and logistical support for Hamas. And it will do so through the Central Bank of Iran, which received a sanction waiver last month as part of a hostage deal. According to Iranian lawmakers, they plan to use $6 billion to backfill internal account debts to the Central Bank of Iran, which is sanctioned by the U.S. for their support of Iranian terrorism and support of Hamas. According to U.S. Treasury sanctioned across the administration, Hamas received tens, if not hundreds, of millions of dollars directly from Iran through the IRGC. And he breaks it all the way down, like everybody else knows. It's the same argument they do when they say, well, we're giving uh, you know $700 million to Planned Parenthood, but it doesn't finance abortion. Well, it does. Because you're paying for everything else with that. So they can use money for abortions. Blinken posted this yesterday and then removed it because everybody in the world said, what the fuck, Chuck? Why? Why should they cease fire? They murdered people. 
Matthew Miller. Let's be clear, the deal with the U.S. citizens home from Iran has nothing to do with the horrific attack on Israel. Not a penny. Undersecretary, not a penny. Adrian Watson, not a penny. Everybody says the same thing. Simultaneously, we said a F-35 Lightning II squadron to the Middle East. We sent the Gerald Ford to the Middle East. Air Force is sending F-16s and F-15s to Poland. Biden, silent. Obama, silent. Clinton, silent. Not hearing shit. Greg Price. American hostages being held in Gaza by Iran-backed terrorist organization. The White House called a lid before noon. Maybe we should get an actual president before a new speaker. The world is at war. Charge d'affaires a Stephanie Halle, U.S. ambassador to Iran, or Israel. Statement from Biden on American citizens impacted in Israel. Everybody responded with the same thing I did. You mean raped and executed? Could that possibly be what you're talking about? Because they're not impacted. This is the cover of the New York Times. They're going to show the Israeli kids? Palestinian Gaza have been living under suffocating 16-year land, air, and sea blockade and backed Egypt and has led to nearly 50% unemployment and deteriorating living conditions. Never called them terrorists. BBC. Israeli launch airstrikes in Gaza Strip and calls up reservists after Palestinian gunmen infiltrate its territory. Not the biggest terrorist strike ever. Ever. In this, because I'm just going to go to it now because... No, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on this because I, I just can't wait to play this. It's just... CNN former State Department official Aaron David Miller is worried about the Israeli retaliation might look like the fears Biden emotional support for Israel. What exactly do Israeli hope to achieve? Where does this go? That's the problem. No, the problem is they came in and murdered people. They murdered people. Murder. And nobody seems to care. I don't understand how, for one second, we, how are we not 
doing something. How? How do you take a day off? How is the media entrenched into... I mean, they're talking about mosque hits. And it's horrible. What about... What happened? This is Forbes. Unprompted attack on Gaza. They deleted it, but... Unprompted? Rashida Tlaib put out a statement. This... And this is what she was liking. Herzog, real problem with Rashida Tlaib is that she's showing how to value the preciousness of every single life, which, while still being crystal clear on the context and causes that led to the violence, how much more blood needs to be spilled for you to overcome your prejudice and unequivocally condemn Hamas? Tlaib's statement on going violence. Her next like, I wish... Half our elected officials had a fraction of Rashida Tlaib's compassion, principles, and courage, and honesty. This piece of shite. I am heartbroken by the ongoing violence of Palestinian and Israel. I am mourning over 250 Israeli and 230 Palestinian lives who were doing the both. Been lost today in the thousands injured following attack by Hamas militants in Israeli border towns and Israeli military bombardment Gaza. I strongly condemn the targeting of civilians and I urge an immediate ceasefire. Immediate focus must be saving lives, but our ultimate focus must be on the just and lasting peace that ensures safety for everyone in the region. Violation of human rights do not justify more violation of human rights, and military response will only exasperate the suffering of Palestinians. As part of achieving just and lasting peace, we must do our part to stop this violence and trauma, the occupation, and apartheid. Good people on both sides. Those good people on both sides. That's what would happen if it was Trump. You can't both side this atrocity. But she does. Ilian Omar. Reminder, Gaza doesn't have shelters or an iron dome, and please pray for them. May peace prevail in the region and move us towards a moral awakening to care about the human sufferings we're seeing. Palestinians are human rights being human beings who have been besieged and are deserving of a free land. Not those motherfuckers killed women and children. Nope. Nope, that's not it. This literally makes my stomach hurt. This whole subject. Excuse me. Can you imagine this disgusting anti-Semite is in our Congress? I'm just thankful all the people at the peace concert Hamas attacked had shelters. Nicely done. She's a spokesman for care. No, pray for the children Hamas kidnapped. That's what we should be praying for. Whitmer. I've been in touch with the communities impacted by what's happening in the region. It's abhorrent. My heart is with all those impacted. We need peace. Just say nothing. Someone was paid and spent hours to craft this mention. What region are you talking about? Her backup, 
I imagine that continue to come out of the image, excuse me, that continue to come out of Israel on the anniversary of Yom Kippur War are def- devastating. The loss of lives in Israel, children, family is absolutely heartbreaking and appalling. There's no justification for violence against Israel. My sport is steadfast. Somebody says, so steadfast took you multiple. This is the rally. What is on that? That's a swastika. I'm saving this picture for eternity, but that's a swastika. Media say nothing. Democrats support Palestine and Hamas. Jews vote for Democrats. Weird. Round them up and ship them to Gaza. Democrats. Where's the outcry from the use of the swastika? It won't come from MSNBC or CNN because they cheer the destruction of Israel. It won't come from Democrats because they have institutionalized the destruction of Israel into their party structure. That's who's coming across the southern border. But you can use Cory Booker. Literally is the perfect demonstration of how out of tune the left is because they're just a cult dogma not facts I am in Israel about this time yesterday I was jogging behind me in the old city when I got a urgent call from my chief of staff telling me to get back to the hotel as quickly as I could that Israel was under attack. There were thousands of rockets being launched. When I got back to the hotel, I joined others in the bomb shelter or the stairwells of the hotel. Frightened faces. There were children and elderly families, many Americans. There was a sense of fear and worry and a knowledge to many of us that there were horrific things going on around the country at that time. Hundreds of people have been killed. Thousands of people have been wounded in a level of attacks at a scale that is staggering and really has not been seen in this country for over 50 years. We who believe in peace and freedom and human rights for Palestinians, for Israelis, for all humankind must reject those who use terror as their weapon Responses. Cory Booker voted to give Iran $150 billion, then he ran today away from Israel. Expose him. I used to watch this man speak on the Senate floor, C-SPAN. Really liked him. This is a shame. Thank you, Rabbi. We have to call out actors that help create this atrocity. Jennifer Rubin, of course, because she's a conservative, how about this? With the U.S. House in chaos and U.S. military promotions on hold, Hamas struck. Republican weaken and invite terror. Of course, I never let a crisis go to waste. Even McKinney. Brutal threat and leftist is a socialist. Why are so many leftists so supportive of Hamas? And why do they support Israel so vigorously? Oppose Israel so vigorously? Can't read today. It's not because Israel is an apartheid state. That's a ridiculous assertion. Rather... As Elaine O'Muller said, it's about Benjamins. Let me explain. First, take a wider view. Let's have a look back to Joseph Goebbels said in 32. He made the argument that Jews are the incarnation of capitalism. They plunder and steal from others. Sound familiar? 
Interesting that Goebbels linked socialism and anti-Semitism. No. Also interesting that he linked capitalism with the hatred of Jews. This was 32. But fast forward to present day and you'll find these things to guess. The Squad Socialist Party rallies in support of Palestine hours out of Hamas. Articles everywhere. Indeed, socialists across the spectrum proudly endorse Hamas. The reason why? Because they view Israel as an evil capitalist oppressor. Hamas kills Jews and therefore kills capitalists. It's really just that simple. Sorry, I had somebody at the front door. Goebbels' anti-Semitic tropes are alive and well today, and they are parroted by socialists who screech fascists at anyone who pushes back against them. Want proof? Here's Mark Hamill. America stands with Israel. Responses. These are just a few responses. Free Palestine. It's not appropriate folks. Oh, no. Nah. The force on the dark side on this one. Of course, they stole the land from Native Americans not to support Israel in ethnic cleansing right now is go against your history and way of life. No, they didn't steal. Steal the land. Everybody's claimed that fucking land. It's been claimed a billion fucking times. Back to 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 back. It's like I'm not even gonna show it. It. Elon Musk removes tweet from fucking Iran's supreme leader. Got criticized. Remember these people saying it's anti-Semitic. Just anti-Semitic, you anti-Semites. I need to find this. Where are we at? Hold on a second. I didn't put this up. Okay, he's 14. This was circulating yesterday, because of course it would, because it's... um, This is how young they start them. Here are just some of the takes. You can't speak about Gaza without mentioning two Mio Palestinian imprisoned, 95% of water undrinkable, four hours of electricity per day, 45% unemployment, 15% youth expressing no will to live. You can't speak about Gaza without mentioning decades of Israeli tyranny and terror. Israeli jets leveled the Palestinian Tower, one of the largest buildings in Gaza. The tower is more than 100 apartments plus offices and media outlets. A clear war crime. We're going to get to that. That's the one I've been waiting to play. Israeli killed over 400 people in Gaza, yet both MSM and Zionist bro neocons on YouTube are streaming nonstop propaganda on off-duty IDF women at a rave being raped with zero evidence. Zero evidence. There's videos everywhere. In fact, one of them has a girl crapped her pants. They've showed it a million times. Because Hamas is red herring to get you to ignore and erase all Israel's war crimes. Another one. 
There hasn't been a single verified report of sexual violence, only an assumption that fighters seated near the body of a bikini-clad woman had to have raped her. This is the same strain of propaganda used to paint slavery in the U.S. as necessary to protect white women. There are literally articles, pictures, I mean, this literally I'm I'm gonna play this. Hamas declared war against Israel. Armed Hamas terrorists infiltrated into Israel via a ground invasion and started going door to door slaughtering innocent Israelis. Hundreds of Israeli civilians, including children and women, have been killed or injured and Israeli hostages have been taken. This is a war and Israel will take every measure necessary to protect our citizens against these barbaric terrorists. תראו, יורים באנשים, תראו. תראו הסרוטים. תראו אנשים מקבלים יריות. I think those are scantily clad women laying on the ground. And I won't play the video of them parading naked women through a town with blood coming out of their crotch because it's real. So... This was what most of the media was going with. BBC carried it. Um, very, very concerned. It was very concerning um, across the board. You know, they took out a building. Shit. What number is that? 
Okay, well, that didn't fucking work. Let's go. Uh, save. Mm hmm. It should be 22. Let's just go with this. This right here. This one, Taliban asked to get high-level talks, asked to be brought in, uh, told the BBC group that backing from its ally, Iran, um, we got this fucktard coming in all over and over and over and over again. I guess I got it twice. Um, BBC... Six hours after Moss launched a war on Israel, nationwide massacre of Israeli families, kidnapped Jewish mothers and babies, execution of young Jewish women. This is what the media come up with. Unprovoked. Britain will be a Muslim nation already well on its way, which is true. Colin Rugg runs the same version of this alright it's it's the same concept this is uh, terrifying caught on camera as a, resident, a residential building in Gaza City struck during a live interview with Al Jazeera the building was later decimated the building reporting held Hamas officers was why it was targeted Reader's note, a building was used as a mosque for weapon storage and operational planning Israeli really provided advance warnings so the residents could evacuate before it was demolished this this guy. Well, what they didn't say, what our media wouldn't say, what was not carried, was that it was a roof knock. Watch the whole film. Into Gaza. Do you know anything about that? What can you report at this stage? Yumna, please take cover. If you are in a position to do so safely, you can explain to us what we're happening. If you are not in a position to do so safely, yes. then please get to safety. No, it's okay. Um, this is a missile attack on, on Palestine Tower, right in the middle of Gaza City. Yumna, take a moment to breathe. Take a moment, you and your team. Take a moment to breathe, okay? Just take a moment as we are looking at this um, picture. We are hours into this war between Gaza and Israel, and we have just witnessed live what an Israeli air raid looks like on a populated area of Gaza City, uh, what we believe is a residential building. What you're looking at right now is a live shot of Gaza City. and. After Hamas launched an attack uh, in and around the Israeli territory around the Gaza Strip, well, Israel... They're lying. They know they're lying, but they're going to keep lying because that's what they do. That's how they are. Um... I, I just... I just don't know how 
you can be like this. I mean, here's another one that's... I saw it yesterday, but I wasn't going to cover it, but now I am. Breaking Israeli bombs and destroys the largest church in Palestine. Israel has bombed the Greek Orthodox Church of Saint. The church is the third oldest church. The irony lies in Christian Zionists supporting the destruction of... Christian giant... Zionist? Zionist? Eight hundred thousand views later it's a lie but that misinformation you know nobody had a problem with that nobody had a problem with that they just they just don't Mm. these next two I don't even know if I want to I, I don't know if I want to play them or not it, they're just so they're painful man Th- this shit's like really painful and I it's hard for me to acknowledge that we've gotten so fucking bad that, I mean this This is where we are. This is our short woke. Um, Drew Holden. Washington Post take from today's paper. Hamas coordinated attack caught Israel by surprise, but comes after months of worsening tensions over violence at the al as Mosque, a reverent Muslim holy site in the heart of Jerusalem, as well as the punishing blockade and occupation. Once French Jewish supremacists and settlers' leaders have never given key positions of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's hard-right government, further inflaming the tension. It's once again, she wore the dress. She wore the dress. ABC. Israel military escalation and seas are expected to worsen conditions in Gaza. That's bad. They just flew in and motherfucking killed grandmas. And to show that it's just who these people are and they don't stop, nothing ever stops for these people. It is always all the time, 100%. Politics, politics, politics. But this is Rob Reiner and Kusak. Does anyone else, anyone, one, anyone, one think that Trump showed classified Israeli intelligence to off in the Oval Office, played any part of the intelligence failure that led to the horrors we're now witnessing? Kusak. Can't imagine how much more exponentially dangerous moment would be with Trump and Mega being in power. It's truly hard to imagine. Fusuli Spock they're trying everything to deflect the blame away from the guy who's been financing Hamas for the past two years with six billion price tag these people Carmine, Carmine Sabine are like meat he, meat he fear are really psychotic like they're actually psychotic he think that Biden given six billion play no part and it's all about Trump 
maybe part of our problem this is general hayden I didn't take it. Let's see if it'll. Let me try to retake it. There it is. Threatening a center, senator. Former CIA Director Michael Hayden calls for the assassination of Senator Tuberville because the senator is performing desperately needed oversight of the U.S. military. Hayden, a renowned civil liberties violator promoted Biden laptop cover-up in Russia collusion. That guy was in charge of the fucking CIA. And the worst problem is that this is online. All right? This is online. You're going to see a video. Moore's grandma was brutally murdered by the terrorist. They used the phone to send her pictures of her murder. Blood on the wall. Emotional CNN reporter details horrifying sight of Hamas terror. He was there. Having been with CNN for over two decades, a foreign journalist for more than three decades, CNN International Diplomatic Editor Nick Robertson had seen plenty of con- some disasters, terror attacks, and war zones. But on Mondays, the lead, he was repeatedly on the verge of breaking down in tears, describing what he called a callous, cruel, cold-blooded killing, leaving blood spattered on the ceiling and bullet holes and concrete walls. Never seen anything like this with the image of children kidnapped, of young women who have been abducted, who have blood in their pants because they've been repeatedly raped. I'm sorry. It's very, excuse me. It's very difficult to look at these images, Jake. It is the human cost. These are human beings. They're family members. They're friends and loved ones, cousins, brothers, sisters. It's difficult. Hit emotional by listening to the testimony of the people that you were talking to just because... We've been there in Ram, witnessed firsthand, just murdering and slaughtering them in fields. The line of cars and how they were shot up and how they were strewn across the road as people were trying to escape, trying to save their lives and drive away. The smell when you step into a shelter is kind of what it hits you first. The stuff on the floor is what you fear. It's, it's blood. And you realize the instant looking at the strewn shell cases on the floor, looking at the bullet holes in the concrete, people were used to going to these shelters for safety and security from Moss rockets. And when Mahas was chasing them, they were hoping there was safety and security in these concrete bunkers. But that wasn't what happened. You don't actually, Nick, you you don't actually have to move on. You don't actually have to move on, Tapper says. Along with this being one of the most horrifying terrorist attacks in the history of the world, these acts of terror were done person to person, individual to individual, you know, terrorist to child, terrorist young girl, terrorist to senior citizen, it was barbism. You'll go straight into its This is America with Ali Veshi and far anti-left or far anti-right people. 
that just fucking hate, hate their fellow Americans just like Hamas hates Jews, saying Israel's going too far in killing the people that flew into their country and murdered babies. Rapes, reportedly there were young women raped next to the bodies, the dead bodies of their friends. Uh, now you're in Stirot, Israel, just miles from the Gaza border. Israel's been pummeling Gaza all day. Uh, what do you expect uh, will happen uh, this evening? Yeah, Jake, I, I was hoping we might talk. Uh, I'm hit emotionally by listening to the testimony of, of, of the people that you were talking to just there because we've been there in Raim and witnessed firsthand what I think they're talking about, that they've seen the video images of where people had come out, those, those young party goers at the music festival there, uh, had run away from Hamas who, who were just murdering and slaughtering them in the fields as they ran away and they'd, go, they'd got to their cars and we, we, we saw the line of cars and how they were shot up and how they were strewn across the road as people were trying to, were trying to escape and trying to save their lives and drive away and, and, and next to that was one of those rocket shelters, there's one just here but there was one just there and I went to have a look and there were torn up shoes outside and then I could see bloodstains and as I, as I went inside and this is why I wanted to speak about it now because it, you know, being there I'm trying to be professional and I'm trying to tell the story and, and bear witness to the, to the barbarity and the, and the callous, cruel, cold-blooded, calculated killing that Hamas was, was ripping upon the, 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 those poor innocent young people. But that listening to, to that conversation you were having there with John Kirby um, it puts me in mind to reflect on physically what we saw, so, so let me explain. Because the smell when you step into the shelter is kind of what hits you first, and you realize that this stuff on the floor is what you fear it is. It, 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 it's, it's blood, and you realize in an instant, looking at the strewn shell casings on the floor, looking at the bullet holes in, in the concrete in front of you, and, and you're sort of you can understand what happened, that people were used to going to these shelters for safety and security from Hamas rockets. And when Hamas were chasing them, they hoped that there was safety and security in these concrete bunkers. And of course, there wasn't, because we, we could see what happened. Hamas had gone in there with guns and, and, and quite literally sh shot them. This is a deployment of military hardware going by. I'm going to pause. And the blood's on the wall and the blood's on the ceiling and the bullet holes are in the concrete wall and you, 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 you know in that instant how horrible and how terrible it was. And your conversation brought that back. But I'm moving on. But I wanted to share that because it's important for people to understand. But I'll move on to tonight and what's happening here where you we don't are actually, now. Nick, you don't actually have to move it on. It seems you don't, you and feels a bit... Yeah. You, you don't actually have to... <laughs> כמו כל המדינה לתוך אזעקות, רצנו לממ"ד כמובן וחייגנו ישר לסבתא, סבתא רגילה לאזעקות, דיברנו איתה, היא וידאה שאנחנו בממ"ד, אנחנו וידאנו שהיא הולכת לממ"ד, שאלנו אותה אם יש איזושהי בשורה, 
חריגה שעדכנו אותם, חוץ מזה שיש אזעקות, כי בדרך כלל יש להם עדכונים הרבה יותר מפורטים. והיא אמרה שכרגע זה בבדיקה. ניתקנו את הטלפון, נכנסנו לממ"ד, וברגע שיצאנו מהממ"ד, דודה שלי התקשרה לאימא, בצרחות, תפתחו את הפייסבוק, תפתחו את הפייסבוק. אימא לא הצליחה בכלל לפתוח, רעדה בכל הגוף שלה. אני פתחתי מהטלפון שלי וראיתי זוועה, ראיתי את האסון הכי גדול שאפשר בכלל לדמיין. סבתא שלי על הרצפה בבית שלה, רצוחה בסרטון. כל הרצפה דם, סבתא שלי שוכבת שם. המחבל פשוט לקח את הנייד הפרטי שלה, צילם אותה והעלה את זה לקיר פייסבוק הפרטי שלה. ככה התבשרנו, ככה גילינו את זה. צרחנו ברמות, כולם פה איבדו את זה, צרחנו, צרחנו. זה מראות הכי קשים שאפשר בכלל לדמיין ולהריץ לעצמך בראש. פשוט זה לא עוזב אותנו עד עכשיו, זה לא יעזוב אותנו בחיים. הקיבוץ עבר גיהנום. בקושי נשארו שם אנשים, כל כך הרבה חטופים, נרצחים, אנשים חפי פשע, כלום. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America in the coming days. Alicia, it, 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 you cannot wrap your head around this. You cannot wrap your head around what happened on, on uh, Friday night into Saturday. It, it, it's a horrific. It would take a, a normal person years of therapy to just understand and, and process that. And we're still seeing images and pictures. Now we are seeing yet more uh, rockets on either side. And here's the difficulty. There is a lot of justified anger at Hamas for what has happened here. But there are people who are now calling for the collective punishment of the Gazans. Now, this is important to remember. That is a war crime. You cannot punish a Gazan child or a Russian child for the invasion of Ukraine. Cannot do that. That is against the Geneva Convention. It's against the law. Israel has called for that, and it's getting support for that. Now, in the, in the wake of what happened on Friday night and Saturday, one can understand the emotions running high and the sympathies for that. But Gaza is... I've been inside Gaza. It's one of the worst places on Earth on a good day to start with. It's about to get... I, I don't even know what the expression is. You can call it hell on Earth if you want. It's about to get a lot worse. We already think 120,000 people are displaced from their homes because of the attacks of the last few days. You can't get out of Gaza. People, you know, I've, I've seen people on Twitter saying, why don't they leave? You can't leave Gaza. You cannot leave Gaza. It is, you, you, are, you are encircled by Egypt and Israel. We don't know what Egypt's going to be doing in this whole thing, but there is a humanitarian disaster that will set in this week if there are no more attacks. By shutting off the water, the electricity, uh, and the diesel fuel, that will already be a humanitarian disaster. And He was talking there with Ben Rhodes. A guy who unequivocally has lied on a level that's just 
just incredibly hard to fucking fucking believe it was a bus driver he did the Iran foreign policy he's the one who started giving money to these people this is who they are they're never going to say hey look we, we fucked up our constant struggle to get Iran I mean I don't understand the concept of trying to stop them from getting a nuclear weapon by financing a nuclear weapon Everyone on the planet knows that's what's happening. Everybody knows they don't want fucking inspectors come in. All right, let's do a quick woke, and I'm going to try to find something funny to end this, because this has just been depressing. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. That, of course, is the morning show on Apple TV, which I still subscribe to because I'm waiting for uh, Masters of the Air. And I hope you don't mind I'm eating a piece of birthday pie, fat-free everything is the only thing I can eat. I didn't get to eat much yesterday because my stomach was killing me. I don't know what went wrong. But you probably don't want me to hear me eat. But <clears throat> So that one was, um, climate destruction will kill up toward a billion people. Really? Global cooling, warming, climate change <clears throat> crisis you're talking about? Because, you know, once again, I believe it's true. I do believe there's climate change. I don't think we're going to die. I don't think the Earth's going to end. I do believe we've done a lot to stop it. 
Let me pause for a second. Well, I'm going to keep it running. It's so freaking hot in here. It's cold. I got to open a window. As I fall down. There we go. Got a window open. This back room, which is our eBay selling antique booth room now with stuff. It just gets so hot with the door shut. Um. I believe it's changed. I do believe it. Said last podcast. Looks like a prairie in Oregon. That's fucked up. Probably deforestation. But we've done about all we can to stop it. I mean, we've done a lot. We've changed EPAs. I mean, America has done stuff. And I'm for it. I love the planet. I love animals. I stop for turtles. I almost kill myself every morning missing this buck. Who jumps out in fucking front of me. Stupid ass. <clears throat> but this whole we're all going to die shit and billions. You can't say that when you said in the 70s is going to be underwater. That all the icebergs is going to be melted and we're going to everything's going to be underwater. But you rich fuckers with your Apple phones and all your bullshit are still moving to Martha's Vineyard. So it clearly can't be true. Which goes to our next. Washington Post lectures on the history of corporate genocide behind pumpkin spice. <clears throat> fall favorite spice blend as a violent history you know I, I I think in the in the spirit of trying to be a little more lighthearted after a horrible podcast dramatic piano music let's turn it back to speaker Oh, it is. Let's see. If you're a college student, keep watching. One of my least favorite things about writing papers in college was writing the correct format for my... Yeah, shut up. There we go. That's good. That's it. I'm going to turn it down. Oh, it's so sad. Exodus by Luke Faulkner. Historians say the instance of corporate genocide was over nutmeg without which there would be no pumpkin spice latte. The reporter was Mav Javide. Maham Javide. Javide. Fuck, stop making up goddamn names. Just be Mike, who grew up in Karachi. She found a historian to really lay on guilt trip. The invaders struck the island from three sides simultaneously. The Dutch fleet of 1,655 soldiers and sailors and more than a dozen wooden ships landed in the Bahama Banda islands, I don't even know what that is, archipelago located in modern-day Indonesia. In 1621, it was the most powerful military campaign the Dutch East Indian Company had sent to Asia thus far. After a swift Bandanese surrender, the victors rounded up the local leaders. They signed treaties that turned the Bandes into Dutch subjects, then tortured them for confessions, relieving, uh, revealing alleged plots to attack the Dutch. Thousands were killed, others enslaved, and many who fled to the mountains were starved out. The population of around 15,000 Bandes was decimated just a few hundred in a few months, said Andu and Adam Klululu, whatever the fuck. Historian and professor at the University of Texas, the Dutch company was later accused of carrying out what was described as the first instance of corporate genocide. And it was all for nutmeg, which, by the way, I hate to say it, I'm glad they did it, though. I mean, I love nutmeg. It tastes really fucking good. I mean, you shouldn't kill a bunch of people. But back in that time, you had to get shit. You had to kill people. I mean, that's just the way it was. And I need my nutmeg. 
No, I'm just saying that to be a smartass. Whether to guilt church, a food historian, Sarah Wasberg Johnson is brought in from a lecture. It just happens that the main spice and pumpkin spice are fraught with colonizer histories. It's true that I, if we didn't consume food that hadn't been touched by slavery and indigenous displacement, we wouldn't be eating a lot of food. But whenever the food entered the pop culture lexicon, the way pumpkin spice has in the U.S. is important to acknowledge how it reached us. We reached it at the supermarket where no one was beheaded on behalf of McCormick Spice Factory in Baltimore. Photos of Starbucks pumpkin spice latte however, remind Cutlow of a still life painting by Dutch masters from the 17th century. Still life with turkey pie painted by Peter Klotzwitz depicts a table filled with luxurious products, olives, savory pies, fruit, nutmegs, and cloves. He describes the painting as the ultimate symbology of stunning, opulent, globalized consumption in the 17th century. It's the same with these Starbucks lattes. You get stuff from all over the world and repackage it for wealthy consumers without acknowledging the history of the ingredients. This came just days away from Indigenous People Day, Columbus Day lectures, or maybe it's all in the same cap. So let's... Oh! My God in heaven. Those fucking bastards. So the painting they were talking about. As I eat my pie with nutmeg in it, I want you to think about how horrible you are if you eat nutmeg. Fucking wahoos. You know what? Not bad shit happened, but why do you have to fucking shit on everything? The next is a picture of two African-American ladies or an Asian-African or... I don't fucking know. P-O-C. Amuse. Surmises this up. DEI is making air travel in the United States less safe. In the wake of the global pandemic, the frequency of near misses in the aviation sector has surged to unprecedented level. A New York Times study revealed that these close calls are now occurring several times a week, setting a new record for commercial aviation. Despite the FFA's assurance that contemporary pilots are being skilled and better trained than their predecessors, the question remains, what has changed? It has long been understood that training and skill culture is the most significant indicator of risk in aviation. In book Freakonomics, Stephen D. Levitt and Stephen J. Dubner discuss the outsized impact of culture on aviation safety. They reveal that cultures with low power distances and high level of individuality tend to have far better aviation safety outcomes. This is because pilots in these cultures are more likely to question their superiors if they believe they're making a mistake. Other studies have confirmed Levitt and Dubner's finding proving that culture is the most significant indicator of risk and safety. One such study in 2011 reports safety, culture, and aviation, a review of the literature, which concluded that some cultures have far fewer incidents, blah, blah, blah. The United States aviation culture has been marked by technological advancements, and then we get into, we just started shoving people in there because of the way they look like it. Who you fucked. What you didn't think you were. 
America's latest generation of civilian pilots is far more diverse in every sense of the world. They've grown up in a far more independent culture that embraced critical race theory and radical gender ideology. They routinely, routinely challenge authority and question the status quo. This difference in culture, regardless of the race of the pilot, is leading the problem in the cockpit, especially since the new crop of pilots is not used to following orders. Well, they have some training when it comes to safety and training as military pilots. The worldview is very different. Many new pilots view authority through a lens of oppression actively assuming the order they receive from air traffic control might be a result of systemic racism, misogyny, or bigotry, or a combination of all three. Today's pilots are far less predictable than military pilots of the past. Airlines need to be aware of the potential impact of decline in former military pilots as a safety culture because we're going to get a lot of motherfuckers killed. Close call involving commercial airlines is happening on an average multiple times a week, According to the Times analysis, internal FAA records, as well as thousands of pages of federal safety reports and interviews from more than 50 current private pilots. My mouse just went titsy up. There we go. So what are we seeing? Well, first of all, you, you see a lot of this. I mean, this is just... This is, I, I, which I just, I once again laugh about because let's be honest, I thought there is no fucking gender, but whenever I see an ad, it is this. It's girl power, which my wife fucking despises. But if I can get into this New York Times article, which I probably won't be able to, uh, continue. Ah, motherfucker. That's all right. I got it. Uh, Wayback Machine Web Archive Please hold Here we go On the afternoon of July 2nd A Southwest Airline pilot had a board landing At Louis Armstrong New Orleans International Airport A Delta Airlines 737 Was preparing to take off on the same runway The sudden maneuver avoided a possible collision By ground And they show I can't get the pictures. Give me the goddamn pictures. There it is. As of May, only three of the 313 air traffic facilities nationwide and enough controllers to meet the target they need. Three. 25% up. 100 incidents a week. So, we got vaginas in the cockpit, even though vaginas don't matter. And they're black vaginas, because that make them better vaginas. Or if it's a dick vagina, because it's a dude that thinks it's a woman, that is on the interse- intersectionality scorecard is a 30, man. It's like a max score. But the worst part is the fact that we live in a world now Where any term of authority, all authority figures are all pieces of shit. They're horrible humans. So they don't follow instructions. Elizabeth Warren, a fake Cherokee. I have more Indian in me than she did. My sister did it. 
On Indigenous Peoples Day, we celebrate the resilient sovereignty and rich culture of native communities, but the federal government has long failed to fulfill its obligation to the tribal nations. We must do more to honor and uphold our promises to native people. Whitney Chick, you should probably sit this one out, Prince's cheekbones. Holly, a black woman. Holy moly, do you literally have no shames? And scene. That's all, that's all we need. That's, uh, that's, uh, yeah. I had these out of order, so I'm going to flip to it. An increasing number of U.S. states and cities have recognized Indigenous People Day. It marks a pivot from the day rune in the celebration of Christopher Columbus and one focus that people whose lives and cultures were forever changed by colonialism. Replies to this, I'm going to colonize extra hard tomorrow. <laughs> it's Columbus Days. Col- God, you know, I fucking dog the internet, but sometimes you just gotta fucking go, son of a bitch. This is good. This is some good shit right here. Winner! Yeah, that's funny. Oh my God, these people. Uh, historical note, this is correct. The actual anniversary of Columbus arrives on October 12th, but the holiday gets moved each year. gives everyone a long weekend. October 10th will always be Columbus Day, even though the current Marxists insist on rewriting history. It was a reply. Who actually believes this crap? More importantly, why? Is it a highly accomplished explorer who lived over 500 years ago get you upset? You need psychological counseling, not affirmation. Jack. The natives who practiced slavery, human sacrifice, fought with each other, and many other things were just as bad as Europeans. Let's break it down, brah. Scalping wasn't for white dudes. They had slaves. So AP, which no longer stands for Associated Press, it means always Prague, so you don't hear me chomping. From Alcatraz Island to Park in New York City, Native American people will celebrate their centuries-long history of resilience on Monday. Really? Are you sure about that? The event across the U.S. comes two years after President Biden officially commemorated Indigenous People Day. An increasing number of states and cities have also recognized it, pivoting from a day long rooted in the celebration of Explorer Chris Columbus, one focused on lives and cultures who were ever changed by colonialism. This day is about reclaiming history, Kyle Mays, an associate professor of Indian Studies at the University of California. Kyle Mays. All right, we're going to have fun with this because I don't have a whole lot of woke today. And the wife wants to watch TV. She told me to continue podcasting, and I'm doing it. So this dude right here. For the record. Speaks for Indian people. That's like D'Angelo talking for fucking black people. What the fucking fuck, yo? We'll flip to the bottom. It's so long, you don't want to hear him. Um, what are some events? As many as 3,000 people expect... Okay, I'm not going to read that. So let's say, what is the day? 
What is significance? It's significant for Native Americans as more to do with the fact that it's the day the U.S. has celebrated Columbus, explaining Cliff Machias, cultural director for the New York-based Red Hawk Indigenous Arts Council. We celebrate our survival of Columbus and all that he brought. Because you met him, right? Or you talked to your great, 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 great. I bet the motherfuckers talking there isn't even full Indian. Let's be honest. Probably not. They never are. Ever. Then we get to Everytown. And remember, Everytown is the organization that uses BB guns, water pistols, fucking paintball guns, lighters, pop-tart guns, anything around a school. If you got a boner, it's a gun. They big mad. Smith and Wesson just relocated their killer business. What the fuck is that? To Tennessee, a state with some of the weakest gun laws in the country. After Massachusetts lawmaker proposed a ban on production of assault weapons, we showed up to give them a warm welcome on their grand opening. Well, let's just see this Oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. These fucking people. Where'd you get that stat? Number one killer of kids. Well, isn't that fucking interesting? Hmm. This is, uh... This is Google. Sorry. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but sorry. Though fewer in number than firearm deaths among children, deaths due to poisoning, which include drug overdoses, have also grown, increasing 186% from 2001-03 since 2019. CDC data. One of the top five reasons unintentional injury injuries cancer congenital malformations homicide my god you can't even get the fucking banner right yeah guns don't even show up i guess homicide heart disease here is the actual breakdown of this. And once again, I'm just playing fuck, fuck, goose today because I got time to kill. Maybe I need to fuck, fuck, goose more because that there's your chart. Unintended, unattended. <laughs> Unintentional deaths. That's your number one killer. So they fucking lied, which is anybody surprised by that? Probably not. Their next picture is just a bunch of... Uh, unhappy people that are holding the same banner that came off the airplane. Uh, A LGBT pastor because I'm sure somewhere in there owning a gun is trans homophobic. 
xenophobic or some shit. There's that picture. Winner, winner, chicken dinner on these fucking wahoos. And then their lie um, pamphlet that they're passing out. It's, it's a lie. While Smith & Wesson ranks in hundreds of millions of products are used in shootings and our communities suffer the consequences, gun makers shouldn't be able to sit on the sidelines and ignore our gun violence crisis. Join the students' demand in demanding Smith & Wesson conduct a thorough human rights impact assessment of its product and stop marketing guns to kids. What the fuck is a human rights impact assessment? Well, you know, while we got some time. Let's find out what the fuck that woke shit is. Oh, yeah. Global Human Rights Impact Assessment. Uh, allow all cookies. Fuck you. A human Rights Impact... That's not English. Human Rights Impact Assessment is a process for identifying, understanding, assessing, and addressing the diverse effects of business project or activities. Well, we're going to put that in our next show because... There's also a uh, human rights PDF. Yeah, here you go. Oh, I got a whole book. Oh, fuck yeah, man. This is going to be fun. Yeah, we'll have a good time with this. Let's do this. This is our next show. Well, we'll go over this shit. Because I ain't never heard of that fucking crap. Now let's go to their killer business. It's a tweet. Every town, students demand. Students demand. Students demand. We put up 111 flags on the ground to symbolize 111 lives lost to gun violence every day in the U.S. Even one is too many. After the 170 years in Springfield, uh, it's, all, it's all about Smith & Wessons. Yeah. It's just Smith and Wessons. The Biden-Harris administration attack on firearm industry continues. RT fact sheet. President Biden announces new action to reduce gun violence and make our community safer. The White House. And uh, the head lobbyist of guns called an attack. Let's see. Larry Keene. Fact sheet. Biden man said, okay, I'm going to bookmark this. I'll look this up for next show because that's that looks pretty uh, that looks pretty si- spicy. Got any media to go with this? Is it just all these fuck fucks? Yeah, it's just all the fuck fucks pictures. This is a um, this is l- let me play a couple of these turds. We're here today in Maryville, Tennessee to protest the opening of Smith & Wesson's new headquarters. As the biggest gun maker in the United States, Smith & Wesson has the chance to set an example for others. Instead, they're running from accountability, and gun extremists in Tennessee are welcoming them with open arms. Not on our watch. Guns are the number one killer of our generation, and we're not going to stand for Smith & Wesson continuing business as usual. Join, Join us. Text Smith to 644 644- Smith and Wesson cut the ribbon on their new headquarters in Maryville this morning, but not everyone is excited about the gun manufacturer moving in. WATE six on your side reporter Ella Wales spoke with the company and those opposed to it. The new Smith and Wesson facility is bringing nearly 800 jobs to the area. President and CEO Mark Smith says they chose East Tennessee because of the community. The 
unwavering support for the Second Amendment and our business and our industry um, that we feel in, in Tennessee at the end of the day was, you know, was the, the absolute hands down um, deal maker for us. Not everyone is thrilled about the new building. Chris Bice is all too familiar with gun violence. It just shatters schools, it shatters communities, it shatters families. He's a minister at Tennessee Valley Unitarian Universalist Church in Knoxville, where two people were killed in a mass shooting in 2008. Not even a month later, a student was killed in a shooting at Central High School where Bice's daughter attended. He joined Students Demand Action in protesting the new facility. I'd like to see our elected leaders be as responsible as our young people are. I'd love to see our elected leaders care as much about the safety of children as our, as our uh, young adults are. One of those young adults is Eman Omer, a student at Vanderbilt University who helped organize the demonstration. Gun violence has really hit home in March with the Covenant shooting, and our community is already going through so much grief and trauma. And so Smith & Wesson coming into Maryville, setting up their headquarters here and manufacturing guns here, it affects all of us in Tennessee. Smith says they're excited about moving into East Tennessee despite some pushback. We fully respect everybody's rights, all their constitutional rights, and the First Amendment's one of their constitutional rights, so. Yeah, if you, if you look at the clock up here, that took me a while to do because the damn wall fell down and I had to re-put it down and I got a freaking water my crotch. It was a lot of fun. Good times. Anyway, I think it's actually, I got the camera all fucked. Let's pull it up. Butt hair. There we go. So, um, yeah, they even made the TV. That is not local Tennessee. That's uh, somewhere else. So I, I'm thinking it's Massachusetts. Um, some of the the freaking replies to this were just fucking, uh, I love Tennessee. I love Tennessee. Tennessee is, why, why I live here is because Tennessee just has great people. And this reply is like why I love it. Tennessee was some of the best gun freedom. What do you, your number actually look like when you're out 18 to 19 year olds? I'm pretty sure abortion is the number one killer kids, which is really fucking funny. But when, when you literally break it down, it's a lie. It's a complete lie. There is as in, in everything every town does, it's a lie. They embellish statistics and they come up with bullshit. And that's just bullshit. So uh, we're going to go to our uh, lighter fare. And uh, we are going to play Matt Bess 11X. Baby girl. I know your boy just got deployed, and it can get lonely without a man's touch down yonder. Why don't you get on inside and take it down to commissary and see where things go? Jody, 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 Jody. I'm begging of you, please don't take my queen.
Private's here, they call me sir Your privates are inside of her I can't compete with you this time, Jody I was clearing through Bin Laden's cable You were inside my girls in jail Where did I go wrong this time, Jody? Broke into hot LZs And now it's burning when she pees How could you do this to me? Jody Jody, 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 Jody I'm begging of you Please don't take my queen Jody, 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 Jody Please don't take a while Whiskey drove my truck and then you put it in her. But did you have to cuddle my puppy? Not the puppy. They warned me not to marry her. Those benefits were good for sure. She simplified another guy. I guess this is goodbye. Hoorah! Oh yeah! Jody, 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 Jody. I'm begging of you, please don't take my queen. I can't remember if I sent that out or I didn't send it out. So uh, that's pretty funny. That 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 is pretty funny, and that wraps up another episode of Flower Politics Podcast. Share with your family and friends. Flower Politics with K on SoundCloud four eight two four six seven on Rumble. Fop Podcast at gmail.com comments or suggestions this is a really long podcast sorry one subject seemed to be longer than the other ones and i don't know why um disconnect from devices don't give the yeah yes we will go with our next show uh since we're a day early let's go 15 15 october year of our lord 2023 until then thanks for listening take care every death is a tragedy y'all seven lives